1: Hello, the internet, and welcome to season two thirty two, episode two of Your Daily Sightgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Is that still right, Miles? All right, cool. Same shit. Same shit. It's Tuesday, April twelfth, twenty twenty two, which of course means that it is National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. Yeah. Not to be confused with National Just Grilled Cheese on a on a frying pan (laughs) that griddled cheese skin yeah Mm -hmm. i I made some of that yesterday by accident tried to make some cheeseburgers in a frying pan and it ended up with just a a slop (laughs) of, of grilled cheese without the sandwich also it's national only child
3: day hey hey shouts to the the only children out there
1: the lonely ones.
3: The lonely ones, yeah. yeah but yeah. you know how I consider it? Everybody is my sibling. Yeah. that's not Some of the, Yeah. Some of the best
1: people in the, in the world. And are, some of the worst, too. And, know? yeah. It cuts both ways, too. Man. Anyways, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. me and you. Drinking piss mixed with Mount and Dew. Chewing on some Trident gum. Coming up, slamming Nicorette gum. That is courtesy of Alex Lugie. Yeah, we're still we're still drinking piss out here. We're still drinking Mountain Dew. I've been gone for two weeks, but, you <laughs> sure. know, I, ke- I kept the tradition strong. And I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by, to, to see my co-host, Mr. <laughs> Sorry, there's a guest in there because, it, it, you know, well, I read yeah, everything on the prompter. Yeah,
3: burgundy style, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray.
3: Jack, they don't love you like you love do. Jack, they don't love you like you love do. Jack, 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 wait, because they don't love you like you love do. Okay, shout out to hey. Old Ghost on the Discord for that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yes inspired, aka, because, yeah, so oh, last week we learned that that song Maps is now 19 years old. Whoa. Just to kind of. Put your body through that fucking time machine real quick. I hate to say that to y'all. It's been 19 years since we were all singing that with tears in our eyes. So anyway, good to have you back, though, man.
1: Oh, thank you. So good to be back. Yeah. Do you ever see Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's live? Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, I've seen them. Oh, yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Only yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: not yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen them about three times, four times.
1: I feel like that is the average for people in our sort of five-year age range. Is I, Yeah, I think I saw them two times, and I'm, I'm one under the average. I still yeah, no,
3: nope. to... it's like a two, two times minimum if you're like yeah. 35 plus, I feel like. I
1: heard Gabrus talking about seeing them at McCarran Park like back in the day, and I was like, damn, man, I was at that show. There's just a certain
3: age age group of people right. who all... And, were... like, when we were going to a lot of shows or festivals, they were, like, mainstays. So, if you ever... The chances were, if you went to, like, a bigger festival, they were also on the bill. So, you were always getting your, your Karen O, Phil.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Miles... We're thrilled to be joined in our third seat yes. by a very talented writer, host, actress, who you've seen in Sci-Fi's The Great Debate and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, no big deal. And who's helps. written for the CW's The Girls on the Bus, Netflix's Incarnate, and HBO Max's More. Uh, she also co-authored stories about Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy for DC's upcoming Pride mm-hmm. Month anthology. It is the brilliant, the hilarious
2: Danny Fernandez! You'll get caught up in the Dan Fire, Dan Fire. Damn. Did y'all have that? I wanted that game so bad, Crossfire. Do you remember that that song has been stuck in my head for like 25 years?
3: There was, oh man, this is so funny. There was this, back in the era when like YouTube sketches were like our social currency, I remember there was a mockumentary about Crossfire that I thought was so (laughs) funny. It was about these guys who were lamenting that their friend had in fact got caught up in the crossfire <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you don't recover from some shit like
1: that you know nah, nah. i
2: feel like i need to look up because i, I could have sworn they announced a film but i thought it was maybe just an onion article like making fun of all of no. the board games that they're like making into films
3: right i know that also sounds strangely like accurate let me see crossfire also
2: i want to say whoever gave you my credits was like we're gonna make sure that everything she's ever done
3: (laughs) i appreciate it i want to say
2: i really really appreciate it but i was like oh my gosh who uh yeah you you who looked me up
3: Um, uh you know what it's not it's not the crossfire we grew up with it's a different it's a video game so
1: oh and not the tucker carlson paul begala crossfire No, no. (laughs) Which was loosely based on the board game. I feel like Crossfire, that game, which is not really a board game, more of a, what do you even call those? It was
3: like, it was like parlor game. Yeah, it was like tabletop fun. Like it was like if Hungry Hungry Hippos were setting you up to be more accepting of the military industrial complex. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And you were probably more into like conservation (laughs) if you played Hungry Hungry Hippos. (laughs) Yeah, just get it. Get secure the secure the balls
1: you yeah hungry hippos <laughs> that sounded weird but crossfire i feel like was one of the products that most lived up to it's it's hype we i did get it i still remember my aunt and uncle who got it for me like how old i was the house we lived in like just playing it is that sounds shit was nice so dope
3: sounds nice danny yeah. and i over here
2: yeah, it must like, have been nice. That's great. What would, <laughs> thank you. What would
3: our lives... Danny would have probably... I mean, you're already doing well. Shit, who knows? You probably would have been the fucking president if you got Look at that. If president. I had yeah. just
2: gotten Crossfire. Yeah. So.
3: yeah, exactly. Now I'm settling yeah. for creating really great comic book IP, but fine, I guess I'll take
1: that.
2: Wow. Yeah. What well, could have been?
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, Danny, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're talking about billionaires, baby. They're our newest rock star, or at yeah. least they want to be. So we we got Elon Musk tanking and, you know, the, the Twitter stock living and dying with him. Uh, there was also like the New York Times Magazine was dedicated to billionaires, and it's... It's all just a real head fuck for me, so I wanted to go through that, and then we're going to talk about the Gerber baby, all of that, plenty more, and also just Gerber baby food and how delicious it is. Yeah. Uh, before we get to any of it, Danny, we do like to ask our guests what is something from your search
2: history. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, mine from my search history was twin flames, signs, and numbers. I'm okay. very into. Are you aware of the concept of twin flames, Jack?
1: Am I? Yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. What, you're into all, all these
2: theories I wasn't. No. It's uh basically like your soulmate. Your twin flame is like basically your oh, okay. soulmate. Okay. And so I follow uh, I have like an app and uh not relating to soulmates but just like basically looking out for signs when you're trying to manifest. So, not just a soulmate. You guys are both making faces at me right now.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to process I'm, what I'm, I'm hearing.
1: I'm reading. Uh, probably okay. reading up on it. Well, the
2: concept of a twin flame, basically right. your other half, like the person that you're meant to be with. To me, I feel like I've done so much healing at a point that I don't want anyone that isn't like at the same level as me. For so I'll sure. I'll probably just be alone forever. <laughs>
3: <But> <laughs> see, not if you talk like that. See, now, now you're messing I'm up. I'm kidding. Your, yeah, I'm kidding. But anyways, I'm very into energies.
2: signs and numbers and I see them all the time like i was taking a flight and the flight it was a it was gonna land it was three hours and 33 minutes and like it left at three thirty three. it was like very fascinating okay. like stuff like that i screenshot it all the time the mm. car in front of me the license plate had 777 and on the podcast i was listening to they were literally like and you divide it by 777 and i was just like they were talking about nfts or some shit and it happened like right when I was looking at it, so I'm I'm very into, I'm very into that. Yeah, you know, that is yeah. Like, an insight into my head.
1: I had a weird I had a weird thing where I was watching Nightmare Alley with uh, Bradley Cooper <laughs> while also watching so I was watching that on my phone while the NCAA tournament was on, and at one point the movie synced up with the game, and it was North Carolina. It was the second round when they were. Plan Baylor, and they both said Hubert at the same time because that was the coach of UNC, and that was also a character's name in Nightmare Alley. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'm I'm betting it all on UNC." Like I don't, I didn't have the follow through, but I wish I had because UNC went to the title game even though they were like a nine seed. But I was like, "Man, sometimes this shit really like thank you." Like I don't, I don't help you. Yeah. I I don't believe in it, but like sometimes I'm like, but I mean, come on,
3: that shit. So so something happened there. Gave you a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. we well. I mean, when when you're sports betting, you need signs. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'll it's take true. Worth, I'll take signs that don't even make sense. I'm like, that's a sign. So I'm gonna put all this money here. Yeah, and hopefully that will change my future. Sports but, yeah. is
1: where I engage in the sort of magical thinking that I make fun of in like Republicans, where I'm just right. like. Yeah. Like I, I will believe the wildest shit. There. Like your Sixers hat? What? No. The Sixers hat actually works. That's a that is <laughs> that is empirically proven that when I wear the my Sixers hat they lose. So All I right. just don't wear it. Uh, they are gonna lose in the first round, but that's okay. I feel you. We got Abraham Hicks over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. but I, I don't want to get off of twin flames because I, I think that is a, a beautiful concept. Does
3: that does twin flames mean that there's only one, or like is philosophically can you have multiple? Flames okay, out so there?
2: I personally believe that you have multiple soulmates, but they're not there for your entire life. There's something also kind of like someone who's supposed to help you karmically get to where you're supposed to. So like,
0: let's oh, say yeah,
2: yeah, or even if you dated someone and it like ended horribly, but you yeah. learned a lot of things and you were like, "Well, I know now what I don't want mm-hmm. and I'm not going to settle for that or I'm not, you know, or something that spurred you into like, "Fuck it, I'm going to finally sit down and do this work and hold myself accountable and whatever to actually find the person that I want to find, then you find to me your twin flame. Now, if you're someone listening like that'll never fucking happen, then yeah, it'll never fucking happen. I totally believe in those things. If you're... I don't know if you all saw my tweet. It was my wishing wall. It was like from 2013. It was almost a decade ago. I had made a little wishing wall. I I lived in an apartment with two other girls in a one bedroom. We were so poor. We were definitely the... One of them was a musician. And we were very much like, we're going to make it with stars in our eyes and whatever. And so we all had a wishing wall. We wrote down what we wanted. And on my wishing wall, it said to write television, to get a literary it was like all of the things on my wall came true yeah. yeah and i firmly believe if i were like this will never happen it wouldn't happen you really? have to like yeah. you have to like radically believe that it'll happen you have to like almost stupidly that's why we see so many stupid people out here doing well
3: <laughs> i mean <laughs> because they just stupidly setting,
2: yeah. fully believe that they can and they do
3: yeah intention setting is like very very important because it really does it sets you up in your subconscious to begin to be focusing on something like, you know, I I was, I've, I've tried to set intentions like that of like, there's something different when you put pen to paper too. Yes. When you write something out to say, I am going to do this rather than talking shit, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna do it. There's just something that happens when you sort of intentionally sort of begin to express those things. So yeah, I feel like you got to, got to set your intentions. And yeah, to your point, perception is reality. Uh, At the end of the day. So if you are out here saying, you know, believe that everything's not going to go your way, you're typically probably going to be existing in a reality where you're focused on all the things that aren't going your way when they could be actually going your way. But it's really just about how you're setting your perception up. But yeah. It's the yeah, confirmation bias.
2: If you think like everything always goes wrong for me, we could all every single day name all the things that go wrong for us. We just don't often, it takes work to focus on the things that are going well and to try to like map those out and accumulate those. And over time, even me, I'm so past those goals now. Now, when I look back, when I found that in like a bunch of paperwork I had, I was like, oh my God, these are not my goals at all. And it right. feel small because I accomplished them years ago, but this was my huge goals and dreams. So yeah. I think we just need never look back at our old goals and realize that we did achieve yeah, several right. of them
3: and give yourself some props too for that.
1: I'm I, I'm impressed that you use magical thinking to achieve your like life's goals and I used it to almost make a bet on <laughs> North Carolina <laughs> Tar Heels that I didn't make uh, and they didn't even win the title. Anyways, what is something you think is overrated?
2: Yo, I this is probably th- we all know this but I just feel like I need to say this, Playing devil's advocate. I Mm -hmm. I still see it so much. It's so not necessary. Like, the devil doesn't need advocates. And also, I feel like anytime someone engages with me to play devil's advocate, I feel they get to walk away. And it's not something that I get to walk away from. A lot of times, it's my identity or uh, issues that, you know, queer women of color are going through that I'll be speaking about. And then that person's like, well, to play devil's advocate, you know, even liberals. I'm telling you, liberals and even people in the queer community, specifically white queer people I feel like often do that to me and it's just like that's a game a lot of times that you get to walk away from that normally the person that you're right. playing with doesn't get to so it's like i'm
3: just wearing an asshole shaped costume right now
2: <laughs> and yeah, i right.
3: will do my assholeness but then i will shed that and i'll go on with my day and i'll be like well no that was just me wearing a costume back there playing devil's advocate um yeah cuz i mean i think the only times it may be constructive is if you're Maybe bringing up, like, the one point people are avoiding where that sentiment comes out, where you're expressing it, but not in the sense of, like, the most hardcore thing of being like, let me completely contradict your point and speak it as fact under the guise of playing devil's advocate. But, yeah, that's uh, that's true. It's, when you do that, it does give you, like, sort of a, a temporary identity as a piece of shit if you want yeah. to on social media.
1: And there's also just so much, like you know, violence, like, yes. with with words on social media, that it, like, you need to really trust someone to, like, have that conversation. I think when when it's somebody who is, like, you, you've earned the right to have that conversation, that's mm. fine. If, like, you're at a place where you could be like, all right, I'm going to say this, but I don't mean it, and, like, very clear boundaries are set ahead of time, but it's just the internet and social media have, like, fucked it up for you to just be able to come in fucking half-cocked and just be like, yo, yeah. like, what if I said this? And it's like, well, you just said that, and that's hurt." No, I'm saying much. what if.
3: No, it's not <laughs> hypothetical it's
1: just My favorite just is when did. people
2: are like, well, if I said that, I would be in trouble. I'm like, you would. Good thing that I yeah. said it. <laughs> I'm like, good thing you didn't say it. Okay, you're right. So, you,
3: so you're, some, you're somewhat smart enough to understand what's going on here. But I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> What's something you think is underrated?
2: <laughs> I love that I'm like being serious because normally my, my answers are like a goofy movie. Good yeah. burger. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Which I still think are Batman and Robin, I also want to say underrated. Um underrated, not here. I'm on a I'm on a kick today, y'all. So thank you for giving me this platform. Not replying to tweets that don't relate to you. Like, I feel so many times people (laughs) will tweet me. We're talking about me. I will just say me. I'll tweet something. I'm like, for those that this resonates with. And then I'll have something about hanging in or writing or writer's block or whatever. And people will respond and be like, not for me, though. And I'm like, there's literally the first part (laughs) of the sentence says, for those this resonates with. I put it on the front of like so many of my tweets so people don't respond to me. And, yeah. I, and I think it's uh, societal. I don't think it's just Twitter, although I think that that adds to it. But, like, for the love of God, you have such limited time on this planet. Like, just keep scrolling. I, yeah. If I can impart something w- to you this week, instead of arguing, like, just fucking keep scrolling. It's exhausting being on this planet. Like, you don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Jackie, look. Your look on your face. I'm done. That is my. That is my thing underrated keeping your thoughts to yourself yeah
3: <laughs> texting about it. he's like damn i could have some replies i could have hey babe
1: done, I sorry I...
2: <laughs> That's I
3: <laughs> yeah it's there i mean like to that point I, there, there's just something like when people do shit like that you're like why do you why do you think you need my attention in this situation or why are yeah. you, because res- that's what it is. You're trying to be like, hey, hi, 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 hi. Me, the person this isn't resonating with, just want to let you know, not resonating with me. Yeah, exactly. Also, that's what they do. Yeah, I have a completely different view on this because it doesn't resonate with me. So I have no idea what the thrust of your point is. Just wanted to come here to say that. Also, um very alone. Okay, moving on. Yeah, I mean, so many people you talk to
1: in person, you can tell are waiting for their turn to talk, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, uh aren't really listening to what you're saying. And I feel like that is that instinct writ large across social media, right? Is like them just being like, that gave me (laughs) a completely different idea. And this is where I'm going to put it. And because I admire this person and I'm too close to realize this idea doesn't like apply to them or really have that much value yeah i'm just like you know i think we're all very lonely too like uh, a lot of people on social media it just social media has made us very lonely and so like that's just like looking for that spark of connection in a extremely misguided way yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a whole
2: thing too for me though about accountability where it's just like so much shit Is dumped on me constantly. I feel like I have a big platform and I'm constantly trying to pull people up. You know, speaking on my own experience of the shit that I've gone through and how I survived it and got out of it. And so I I talk about that a lot. And I feel like people just, I cannot pull up people also that don't want to be pulled up, that aren't ready to be. You know what I mean? It's like when I was in the thick of it, it's like, fuck you, don't say that to me. Don't know, I don't have any hope. But like, that's why I started to start my tweets that way. Is like for for whoever needs to hear this. Yeah, clearly, yeah, yeah. it's not you. You're not right. there yet. You don't want to hear it. You don't whatever. So I encourage you to keep scrolling past yeah. this for because there is someone out there who needs to hear it in that moment. Going back to signs, sometimes I'll open Twitter. Literally had this happen where I was like spiraling off my ass, having a really hard time, and I just I asked for a specific sign. Open Twitter, and it was like the it was like right there. It was the first tweet. And so and it's sometimes like people Cage do... Cage
3: is following you.
2: What? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. Me
3: over it was
2: a wolf. That's one of my signs <laughs> is a wolf. And um, I have wolves. I actually I'll have to show you on our break. I have wolves all over my place. And uh, I have a Tex Avery wolf, very... His iconic, like, big mouth with his, like, beating heart uh, wolf lamp right next to me. But anyways, I I was having a really hard time really hard time got some like really bad news and i asked to see a wolf i opened twitter and chase mitchell uh who's a writer he had randomly in the middle of summer tweeted a video of a wolf like and it was the first thing i saw and i remember thinking like fuck now i gotta hang in god
3: damn it
2: (laughs) (laughs) fucking wolf
3: get out of here
2: god damn it go on get
3: (laughs) get out of here yeller you (laughs) get um it feels like you know which what people look like when they chime in on a thing where you're very clearly setting up with the caveat if this resonates with you that's like somebody walking into like a church and be like just so you know i'm not catholic so whatever's (laughs) going on in here doesn't apply to me i'm not interested and thank you okay please go on with whatever y'all are doing here on this sunday morning i will be i will take my leave you're like what the fuck was that for that's mm. like You just had to keep it moving.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all you had to do. Yes.
1: Damn. That that faraway look in my eye, by the way, that you were like, Well, what is it? I was just realizing I have to watch Batman and Robin now.
2: Oh, so good.
1: Okay. I know I always avoided it.
3: The Joel Schumacher? Batman <laughs> yeah. and
2: Robin? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that it's Joel great? Schumacher? George that Clooney? Yeah. 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 No, George. I, I'm I'm Alicia.
1: Very familiar with it. I just yes. never, never got around to watching Chris it because O'Donnell? I heard was so bad. Yeah, the Chris O'Donnell of it. All. Yeah, Anyways.
2: it's very underrated. It's such a comic book mood Like, it's I'm like, have you read comics? They are campy. They are corny. That's how yeah. they are. Like, go pick up one. I'm writing one. <laughs> Mine yeah. is sexy. I want to say, but like the dialogue, it's very. It's all very campy. Comic books are campy, especially from that time. And so it was very much a comic book come to life. And when I was little, I thought it was cool as shit. So. Yeah.
1: And I was raised on Adam West Batman. Yeah, so. exactly. Yes, that was a exactly. campground.
3: Yeah. <laughs> fucking Batman. I was like, yeah, this is why I fuck with it. Also, yeah. that Batman and Robin soundtrack, I won that shit at my block party <gasps> in I remember that was 97. Oh, we had a block party and one of the things for winning the like egg on a spoon race. Was you got a free Batman and Robin CD, wow. and I remember so many of the songs on that. There was a Bone Thugs and Harmony song, oh. "Look into my eyes and tell me <gasps> yes. what it is." Man, <laughs> say less about Batman wow. and Robin. Mm. You won the
1: you won the egg spoon race, huh? Oh fuck yeah! That's some
3: that's some and steady then,
1: handed shit. Oh, right there. you
3: knew it. The way I was, bro. The way I was stabilizing. With those, with my like, like you thought I was speed walking, getting that fucking trying wow. to get that soundtrack, and then I won the three-legged race with my neighbor and got a fucking five-dollar Blockbuster Music gift card. Wow! <laughs> get at Blockbuster
2: me. Music? Yes, Blockbuster they used music? to have what the fucking
3: that? music side of it for from all. My I think people I remember, who remember that. that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: wow, and you could rent music.
2: No, <laughs> <what> it was <laughs> you had to no, turn it's like it a shitty record store. Oh, yeah, okay, you would it, get like it. a CD or something interesting. Yeah,
3: yeah, it was like it was like them trying to be like, "Hey, man, like we can do like Virgin Megastore type shit." Uh-huh. Do you remember fact, their final push
2: in their old day and their like final days when they had like slushy machines yeah. and like, but like they were bringing all this like smoothies and
3: yeah,
1: all of this sad. stuff
2: there when you would go in. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kids! You like sugar,
1: right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> get over It was like here. when my grandfather started wearing cross colors in the nineties. And we were like, you ain't gotta do that, Grandpa. Use that <laughs> for the young folks.
1: Oh. I think cross colors are for everyone. I'm glad. I was like, bro,
3: you with these like black and green and yellow fucking overalls, grandpa, come on. <laughs> like, I know you saw that at the end of In Living Color, because Keenan Ivory Wayans was wearing that outfit, but like, all right, do you, you do you, Grandpa?
1: All right, let's take a quick break uh and we'll be right back. And we're back. And, uh, yeah, so I was out of the country for a little while. So I got back over the weekend and spent Sunday catching up on my stories. And by that, I mean, what are my billionaires up to, you guys? <laughs> Elon Musk. How they doing? Elon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I It was just like a weird, like the, the New York Times magazine was all about billionaires. And there's like all these news alerts about like fucking what Elon Musk is going to do to Twitter. And it just, I don't know. I was like, fuck. <laughs> this, is, this, is, <laughs> this is our country. But yeah, yeah so I don't know. Just like, I guess the update, the news hook for this is that Elon Musk had bought a controlling interest in Twitter and then has announced, I guess it was Monday morning, that he would not be joining the board. But, like, the the way the incentive structure is set up is when it was announced he had a controlling interest, Twitter stock shot up, and when it was announced that he wasn't going to take a seat on the board... It went it it went down temporarily. I don't know where it's at right now. The CEO was like, it's okay, we still we still welcome his ideas. I'm gonna talk to him all the time. So it's all good. <laughs> but I just feel like we are in this world, like there this is like who grown ups treat the way that like boy bands were when I was an adolescent were treated by adolescent children it's like mm-hmm. they are just idolized and tre- it's just like there there's a projection of like hopes and dreams and you know blamelessness and coolness onto these people that are not blameless and are not cool right <laughs> very well very yeah. not cool
3: i think it, it just indicates though like how sick our society is when we're idolizing people whose whole like identity is based on extracting as much wealth out of the planet as possible not having any kind of like not a single real real altruistic bone in their body and we're like this is so lit y'all and we're we're not actually even examined like we're not even examining the origins of the wealth we're just accepting that it it is what it is and not taking and not doing the accounting of those dollars and say, how many shattered fucking souls are there because of the wealth that isn't there to, whether that's employment because jobs have moved or lack of a pay equity or whatever, what have you, that's, a you know, ends up being the byproducts of these having these kinds of, like, oligarchs. And yeah, we're just here being like, I
2: feel like we've always, I mean, we have more billionaires now, though. Now, now than, yeah. So, but I feel like we've always been, the society and especially like entertainment or whatever, like they've always been super capitalistic, always been like, you know, the, it used to be seen as something to strive to be like a millionaire, billionaire Mm -hmm. or whatever. Now I see it's pivoted in a way of like, save us. Does that make sense? Like it's, it's I get the rock star portion of it of thinking like basically, basically when you have like an MVP athlete or somebody that is, I just see see us pivoting now as, like, oh, you have the money to save us without realizing, like, you're also the reason why we're here. Mm -hmm. Right. You're also the reason why we are dealing with so much climate change, like, these huge corporations and companies and the people that run them. But I do see this whole—I mean, Elon has the capacity to end homelessness in this country. Like, it's wild that he tweeted about, oh, we should turn—what do you say, the Twitter headquarters into— A homeless shelter because nobody goes there anyways which i agree with (laughs) but he has the like why are you just tweeting these things and then instead of actively doing them
3: yeah i think and that's what that's what makes him such a a unlikable person to me which is he just posits these things as if he couldn't do them and you're like here's the difference motherfucker you have the you actually have the the fucking capital to act out these things that you're just throwing out as like these like wouldn't it be fucking weird if but we're looking at that's like going to dinner with somebody who's like just won the like the lotto and they're like oh let's go out to eat to celebrate and then the check comes and you're at like fucking outback and he's like okay so what y'all putting in and it's like you (laughs) yeah exactly you have all the fuck are you talking about like you look fucking ridiculous yeah
1: and it's also just chaotic like the stuff he chooses to it's just at the whim, at his whim. You know, the thing that he chose to get, like, really na- drill down on the details of was, like, that cave rescue of those kids in the cave. And then the person was like, yo, your submarine would not fucking fit through the oh, cave. Yeah? And he was like, you're a pedophile. It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs>
0: What? Is... <laughs> oh, my
1: God. That, like, that's... So he cho- chooses to drill down in the details of that. Fuck it up, of course. But, like, then... You know, when there are actual things that he could do with his immense wealth, like that's just not interesting to him. He'd rather smoke right. weed with. Well, fucking
3: Joe and I think another thing just, just to point out about the Twitter thing is like he didn't report this to the SEC for 11 days. So he basically, you know earned like a, almost like 150 million or a little over 150 million on profit by not saying anything
1: because uh-huh. he knows that his name is going to then like yeah because you're benefit
3: yeah exactly and you're already holding so the sec is like you know they're basically saying oh yeah we need to look at that and so yeah he could face a fine but we know what what the, what the fuck is a fine to somebody who has this kind of wealth anyway so there's just so much of like operating outside of the normal bounds that you see too with you know just all of his I'm
2: curious just... I guess his game plan of like he bought this stock and then he immediately tweeted is Twitter dying. Right. <laughs> <All right. laughs> like when he you know same with him tweeting that the Tesla stock was too high and then it plummeted.
1: Yeah, who like yeah, I, that's some shit that like I'm sure the the thing I know he's good at is finding ways to, like, manipulate markets to make a lot of money. He's apparently the best at it because he's the richest person in the world. But I don't know. Like, so like they had this article, the New York Times magazine had this article all about or this the whole magazine was all about American billionaires and their influence. And one of them, Danny, to your point about this not being necessarily new, was reviewing the literature of billionaire autobiography. But they're, they were pointing out that, like, there's, you know, the Horatio Alger thing is largely, like, it, when we talk about Horatio Alger, like, which is, like, the late 19th century, uh, I think that's when it was. But, like, the stories of, like, young orphans, penniless, who, like, pull themselves up by their bootstraps, it's actually about, like, usually they have a wealthy benefactor who, like, likes them because they're cute and like treats them nicely in in that way, which which is like definitely by far closer to the truth than than the idea that you could just like, you know, pedal your elbow grease into a multi billion dollar fortune. But right. But they 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 also just look at like, you know, the biographies of like one of the Koch brothers and T Boom Pickens and, you know. Then they connect it to fifty. Apparently, Fifty Shades of Grey like created an entire genre that is like the most burgeoning genre in literature, and it's basically hot billionaire romance. Like it's like where a young hot billionaire is like comes through, and there's
2: save me from my husband and kids. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And save me. From my Peloton class and just sweep me off my feet (laughs) and do very plain vanilla sex with me.
1: Yeah, exactly. But then they had, there's this article that bummed me out, like called, they called it The Philosopher King. And it's just about this German, or no, he's not German. He was raised in France, but he, he's like a billionaire and he's decided like he's interested in philosophy. So he's like created all this like philosophy institute with like all the great thinkers of the modern world and academia and it's just like a flex it's just like taking all the best thinkers and being like look now you have to talk to me and it's like kind of harmless they definitely try and make like there's photographs of him where they're trying to make him look like David Bowie like he's just like chilling and they're, they're like he used to be called the homeless billionaire because he like sold his houses and just lived out of mere hotel rooms and private jets for a while
3: <laughs> oh so he's truly just a heroic have a permanent housing situation but was it okay I see. but
1: then it ends with them asking him like so what do you think of like redistributing your wealth and he's like nah, you know i just don't think it's the best way to do not it. much i don't think much about it to be honest <laughs> yeah, to be frank uh, i'm too busy thinking about existence you know what i'm saying Right, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And
3: yeah, it's just
1: all, it's a comprehensively bleak picture. Like the, yeah, I guess the one missing ingredient is like the government has shown that they let corporations, like the, the corporation is the ultimate actor that they will like not fuck with. And it seems like the corporations are now answering to these like rock star billionaire people. I'm just like. If the government could ever get around to switching back to a world like the earlier 20th century where they actually taxed these motherfuckers and, you know, maybe, I don't know. But it it seems like we're not headed in that direction anytime soon.
2: Nah. I have a question when it comes to how you'll feel about. I have a question when it comes to how you'll feel about accumulating wealth. Um, mm-hmm. I was just going to add, like, I know. I feel that we all agree there are no good billionaires. Do you agree that way too, as well as millionaires? And by that, I mean, like, at what point are people no, at what point when you come from homelessness, like we hear these stories with athletes or even authors or people that have come from horrific traumatic childhoods that literally did pull themselves up to a point, at what point are people, at what point do you become a villain or are people no longer rooting for you. I feel like us being in entertainment, I think about this a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As I'm in my tiny apartment, which is like not anything I have not accumulated wealth at all. I still owe a shit ton of student loans. But I feel like there's a level that you reach where people are root like, why aren't they why aren't they bigger yet? Why aren't they bigger? And then once they get there, all of a sudden now you're not I just personally don't I I personally feel like, especially when it comes to people of color, like there's no amount of money that that can out can undo childhood trauma can undo like things that you grew up with and the horrific things that you might have experienced and like i see a lot of people that do end up pumping that money back into their communities and yet when they complain like one person that just comes to mind is say lebron and it's anytime he says anything i feel the comments are always like oh boohoo you fucking millionaire like go yeah. wine in your mansion right i'm super curious about the cognitive dissonance, or like, I don't know. I would love to hear I your think, thoughts. I think it's
3: because everyone has a simmering resentment for the wealthy, just in general. Yeah. If just you in general, yeah. If you if you are struggling, if you live paycheck to paycheck, or maybe you are somewhat financially stable and you feel that you can get more, I think there is just this like human nature thing of, especially now because we the inequality is so fucking severe and in everyone's faces. That it's really hard to look at someone who you from your place, you say they have a probably problem for life because of their the means that they have that that motivates people to then say you don't get to complain because you have your finance, like you're wealthy. And I think when people hear that who don't have things like that's the first thing that like sort of resonates with them is like, well, if I had money, I wouldn't be fucking complaining. ever right. And it comes out like that. Very reflexively, like for me, where where things cross the line is where your pursuit of accumulating wealth is directly connected with like decision making that you know is going Harms. to put other people at a yeah. disadvantage, yeah. And you know that by saying, well, I'd rather shoot, you know, if you're if you're in film or something, you'd say, I actually don't want to shoot there because I like being in this part better. And they're saying, well, actually, like we have this whole crew that we're working with, blah blah blah. It's like, no, I'd rather shoot it in Europe than in this place or whatever. And now. Those people are losing a job because of maybe something very personal to you. I mean, whatever, what have you. But I think the bigger thing is when you have people who make these decisions on behalf of their companies that are either moving the operations, downsizing and things like that. So you can begin to find other ways to, you know, make your stock price perform or or what have you. But I think it is there's just like we just don't because everybody's so aware of inequality. It's just a bad time to be very visible and wealthy and like have a take <laughs> again, yeah. to have a
2: take no that's true I just yeah. thought that you know weeks ago I wasn't on for I'm sure you guys had this discussion but like even with the stuff that happened to Ryan Coogler I'm like no amount of money protects you from right. like mm-hmm. I just I just don't there's just a conversation I understand the conversation with with wealth I just think that a lot of times people think oh once you're rich that's it no problems now right. like you know yeah. and it just doesn't I don't think that any amount of money can undo some of the racial harm that people have ex- and continue to experience.
3: Oh, well, yeah, That I mean, that's that's a certainty. Yeah. You know? No, but
2: those are the comments that you see. So anyways, right. not to take us on a tangent. I just was curious at like what point you think it flips that people would be rooting for you, rooting for you. Why is it any bigger? Why is it any bigger? And then once you're bigger, it's like, well, fuck you for complaining. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it's, you kind of have to, I I feel like you have to look at what they, like, the the reason I brought up the Philosopher King article is because the shit that, like, they're talking about is all, like, he surrounds himself with really interesting philosophers. He gives out a million dollars each year to, like, somebody who has the most interesting philosophical ideas. I was just reading the whole thing being like, wait for it. Wait for it. (laughs) When's he going to say the thing that is, like, his belief that he deserves to have billions of dollars and Mm. that, you know, like, basically by existing and, like, by, you know, having these beliefs about, like, keeping wealth concentrated the way it is, like, he is doing active harm. So, like, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, if he had, like, come out and been like, and here's my, like, 12-step plan to redistribute, like, all my wealth and, you know, like, get pull people up and like, like i i would have been you know i i am i want to be open-minded i want i want a solution to this problem i don't want it to just be like well fuck all any category of people but yeah. it just feels like there is a poisoning that happens when you get to that level because you are only around other people who are either trying to grow your wealth or trying to grow their wealth but via yours and like it just yeah i I think it can be somewhat crazy making and it's just bad for bad for society
3: yeah i think i mean yeah i feel like you know well it's not that it'll happen but if we just need to agree upon a number so i agree i agree i also think there's this thing
1: that i learned about the old school wealthy that always gives me a little bit of hope uh the old school like the vanderbilts and shit like that they had a policy to never like outwardly show any wealth never like you know build the walls high so nobody could see like what your house looked like and shit because there was this thing where like you like there's this analysis of class in america that's like you are aware of the class directly above you right. and directly below you and you generally don't like them or look down on them And then everything else is, like, you don't really know that it exists. And so for the vast majority of Americans, for the vast majority of the history of the country, billionaires did not exist because they just kind of hid and put their name on colleges and, you know, art institutes and shit. But now that there's transparency and there's this, like, I'm going to be a rock star side of it. Right. Like it gives me some hope that we will eventually eat Elon Musk, but right I that our
3: know. tastes are souring a bit to it. Though. Yeah, like yeah, then being like, "Yo, shut the fuck up, bro. Keep that shit low." Right, Keep that shit. Right, low. Like that the Vanderbilts
1: are like, you know, scoffing down there or whatever the fuck they right. wear on their face uh, at Elon Musk. They're like, you know, that that is foolish by their standards. But I don't know, maybe he's just evolved it to a new level because people still seem to. They don't give him the type of shit they give LeBron, I'll tell you that much. No no clue why that could be. Yeah, huh. no,
2: there's literally quick, nothing different between. Quick melon and check.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. And we're back. And it is that time again that I didn't know was an annual time of year, but uh, apparently it is. Gerber has announced their annual contest to find the next Gerber baby, which, I don't know. It seems a little lazy, right?
3: Well, I just, like you were pointing out earlier, the way they even are out here trying to court new potential Gerber baby contestants, candidates, look at quick. They're looking for candidates that have a, quote, playful smile that can light up a room, uh, as well as, quote, an irresistible giggle, an undeniably lovable personality. <laughs> and also they're looking for a spokes baby that is an infant or a baby four years old or younger.
1: Yeah. Yo, so let me just read directly. Does your baby have the best smile or a door or an adorable giggle? If so, they may qualify to be the next Gerber baby. <laughs> qualify is such a weird word there. It's like you might qualify for like tax relief or you might qualify for.
3: Right. For this class action lawsuit. This,
1: right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Just keep it real nice and clean. And yeah, Uh, you may qualify to give us your baby.
3: <laughs> yes. Sir.
1: For twenty five. dollars Please 000. give us your
3: babies to make new IP for a company. Hmm. This baby is actually our... Your baby's face is now our intellectual property. Fuck <laughs> out of here, sucker. So, I mean, the original Gerber baby, this goes back to
1: that original Gerber baby from 1928 that, like, I think I think if I wasn't looking at a picture of the baby's face, I could still, like, close my eyes and, like, kind of picture it. That's iconic, right? The Gerber baby? Yeah. It's like a charcoal sketch, but... <laughs> right. So... The it started with a, a contest in 1928, and it was for artists' drawings because nobody had a fucking camera, and a charcoal sketch ended up winning. And they didn't reveal the identity of the baby or, I guess, the artist until 1928, so 50 years later. But there were apparently like before we were alive, the the things that they had conspiracy theories about were things like. I heard the Gerber baby was Humphrey Bogart. (laughs) 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 Or I heard the Gerber baby was Bob Dole. Yeah, what the fuck is that? How fucking bored do you have to be (laughs) for that to even, like if you told me that and it was true, it would immediately fall out of my brain. Like the second you told me that.
3: Yeah, you look at that and you're like, that's Bob Dole. If I've ever seen it. <laughs> also, uh, this
1: baby looks like borderline like anime. Like the eyes are so big. It's one of the most beautiful babies I've you know you've ever seen. Bob Dole. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Bob Dole was not hit me with I've those beepers. Yeah, I, the whole conversation reminds me of like the sketches in. Uh, <laughs> I think you should leave with uh, <laughs> you know Sam Richardson and like those the baby, baby co- bo- <laughs> little bodybuilders and the right.
3: <laughs> Look at them; These, they're goose, man. These kids are goose. <laughs> got goose suits
1: on. Someone got goose suits. But anyways, it turned out that that baby uh, was not Humphrey Bogart or Bob Dole, but some random woman whose family lived next to the artist when she was a baby. Now, if it had turned out to be Humphrey Bogart or Bob Dole, okay. that would have suggested a level of Illuminati control to the, to the point that they have plucked this five-month-old baby from obscurity and been like, we already know that this baby is going to be powerful.
3: You might as well put this baby on your, on your, on your baby food thing. Like, it's such a wild conspiracy, dude. Right, right, right. Humphrey Bogart. I mean, look, that's the beauty of having rumors in 1978. There's no yeah. internet. Yeah, and you can just get shit going. Like you can just be a drunk guy and be like, "Let me, you know, you
0: want to know?
2: Shut the fuck up. You want to know who the fucking stripper baby is? <laughs> come here,
3: come here, come here, man. This yeah. Fucking Humphrey Bogart, man. <laughs> just don't sell anybody. Like, okay,
1: she never. The model never got a penny until what? Until it was revealed that she never got a penny, and then they helped her buy a house
2: begrudgingly. Yeah, and I guess it was.
1: the the baby was paid in 1950. When she was trying to buy a house with her husband, who just got back from World War II, should be noted, was no
3: longer a baby at
1: that point. (laughs) Yeah. Due to the trying to start.
3: I'm trying to start (laughs) a life with my husband. And then the even more fucked up part was they only did it because someone else was trying to claim that it was them that was the Gerber baby. Like some other fucking fraudster was like, hey, run me my Gerber money. I'm the (laughs) Gerber baby. And they're like, man, this all right, I guess now we're going to have to admit to this other woman she's the Gerber baby because she's actually asking for less than Right, this person. It's like a fucked up paternity suit. Right.
2: Who's judging? That's yeah. what I want to know. Like, who's judging? <laughs> who's, that? Ki- who's on the yeah. board? Yeah, pre-DNA.
1: Like... like, who? who is just, like, holding up the picture, being like, nah, that ain't you. Or no, you no, mean, but or also who's on the today. board, who selects. Oh, Look, who M- selects the babies today? NBC, yeah.
2: hit me up. This could be a thing. All right? This is your next... Like, uh,
1: this is a good question. In you have meeting, to get Danny because any other... Me. If it's just a group of like unnamed people, I am picturing the creepiest motherfuckers <laughs> oh, in yeah. the world. The weirdest people. Like They're dance like- moms or like uh, toddlers in tiaras <laughs> Like on steroids, yeah. Being like, or that, that like baby the,
3: sucks. The creepy old man ugly. neighbor <laughs> from Family Guy. Like it's me.
2: It's Kelly Clarkson. It's Alicia Keys. <laughs> yes. Okay.
3: Wait, didn't Kelly Clarkson change her name? Did she? I think so. No. Sorry to, sorry to be like so pop culture. Wait, wait. Um,
2: It's me. Who else is in there? Jamila. Um, also, Terry. Cri- I don't know. Every single person that's on those, all of the
1: <laughs> America's Got yeah, Talent, yeah.
2: American Idol, Mass Singer. Just- Howard right.
1: Stern, for some reason, pops <laughs> in every once in a while.
3: <laughs> She's now Kelly Brienne. That's right. Thank you, Becca.
2: Is she? she? she
3: yeah. She just goes but by Kelly ch- Brianne.
2: It, did she change the name of her show? I don't know because
3: not not sure when anyways
2: it's me it's it's nick lachey (laughs) yeah
3: yeah i like thank you but here's the thing right if you actually took this seriously because i think you take it seriously and you want it to be like well how do we equitably discern which of these fantastic contestants has a like these seem like such intangible qualities (laughs) like an irresistibly adorable laugh and lovable personality. It's weird. It's it, there yeah.
1: is no version of this unless you are doing it on TV in front of people, and the people are like talented and funny, and not chosen for their like keen eye yeah. for baby cuteness or whatever yeah. the fuck like qualifies you to be on the board to judge this. It's it's gonna just be roast good. them.
3: Yeah, just be you know, <laughs> just fucking make a comedy show out of it and be like, "Yo, we about to flame the fuck out of
2: these Gerber babies." <laughs> i want the gr i would pick like the gr i love those babies that look like they've been here for 50 years yeah yeah or the one yard stare yeah yes i also Ear like hair. a big past life like reincarnation pr- so like the the babies that come out and they're like are you fucking kidding me like, right. i said not to come i said i said i did not want to come back here yeah and you could just see it in their face that the should be the German baby.
1: You know that little kid? Oh yeah, Linda, little, Linda. Linda, Linda, video? look at Linda, look, look at Linda. Linda. Linda, Linda, honey, yeah, baby.
3: <laughs> no, I don't want papals. We're not listening. You're not listening. <laughs> I mean, he was like, "Damn, I'm on my fifth fucking tour, bro." I know. Like, nope. <laughs> For, real. Linda,
1: For real, I'm not gonna lie,
3: man. I don't know if you know this shit. Before this, I was a, bu- a municipal bus driver that died in a fucked up accident. Okay, and I was like, that was my fourth one, and before that, I'd been crushed building Yo. the Hoover Dam. Yo, that baby just-
2: <laughs> represents America. I want the grumpy baby on all of the food. Yeah. Everyone would be like, yes. Yeah, so
3: you, you to want link a baby that's to like, fuck the millionaires. Yeah.
1: <laughs> In the footnotes, uh, you footnotes. can look for the Linda baby. We'll make it the first footnote because that's the only one anyone's going to actually be looking for. Exactly. But, uh, just, and before you throw your baby into the onto the pile of babies that Gerber <laughs> is, is considering, just last year, uh, it should be noted, a congressional report revealed that there was lax testing of baby food, and brands like Gerber had dangerous levels of lead, cadmium, mercury, and inorganic arsenic. Oh. So, does that mean?
3: Somebody dropped their arsenic bottle in the fucking mixer or some shit? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I... You know, we I, I have kids. We've always yeah. insisted upon local organic arsenic and baby food. <laughs> That's just a policy. We don't yeah. we don't budge. But I don't know. apparently the contamination of heavy metals and food, this is making me just happy to live in America. The contamination of heavy metals and food is relatively common. A uh, larger problem in the food supply is just especially problematic with baby food because turns out they're a little smaller. Their brains are like doing you know, 20 times the work that our brains are doing on any given day because they're right. building themselves. But, yeah, it, it's another example. I mean, it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about this whole episode. Like, you know, that it takes a fucking train to get the fucking FDA to, you know, all, to take on a company like Gerber. Right. But because of this report... Gerber is one of the companies being sued over this, and there's there's a a chance that it it, they might like have to pay out lawsuit, and so might just be a weird time to be slapping your baby's face on the Gerber bottle. But twenty five thousand dollars is twenty five thousand
3: dollars. They're like, hey man, enter your child to be the next Gerber fall guy. I mean, the next Gerber baby. (laughs)
2: They're
3: gonna be like, Your Honor, that child. I mean, that's the face of the company. I think we need to be asking this child what the fuck went down with these lax testing, you know, regimens. That's just me. Okay. Like,
1: I, I am 50-50 on whether at the outset of the judging process, if the judging is being done behind closed doors, if right. at the outset of the judging process somebody in within the Gerber Corporation is like, guys, we need to find the cutest fucking baby because we are in trouble we're fucked we need a baby that is going to deflect the heavy metals and inorganic arsenic (laughs) scandal that we're staring down the
3: barrel of where where i mean boss where are we gonna find that i don't know put out feelers to everyone everyone
2: everyone (laughs) you're like
3: oh shit came gary oldman and shit
2: I feel like it would be the opposite. It would be like the ugliest baby. They're like, we need sympathy. We need pity. We need right. like, if they are if they start to go after us, we're like, why? Is it because our baby right. isn't cute enough? Is it because our baby is ugly? Oh,
3: oh because this baby is, has a, one of those helmets on with an eye patch. They're just trying to correct their eyesight. And maybe if they mm. messed up on those documents, signing off on those more lax testing protocols, we would have caught this. But instead, y'all are coming after a child with diminished eyesight. And that's just... That is just terrible, terrible, my honor.
2: Hmm. Most of my friends don't have babies, but the ones that do are luckily cute because I'm not a good liar. Yeah. Oh, I'm terrible
3: at it. I'm terrible at it.
2: Oh, yeah. No, he looks like they're from Earth.
3: Uh (laughs) (laughs) My one friend has, like, a child that, like, Her Majesty and I, when we see their daughter, we're like, how is this child so damn fucking photogenic? Like, whenever they post, like, a picture of shit, we're like, what the fuck?
2: Is this some filtered shit? And
1: then I, when you see them know. in person, you say that extra because you're like, they're not even that cute. They're yeah. just photogenic, right? Right.
3: And uh, yeah. yeah, I tell that to the parent. I'm like, yo, that's wild because I was just telling her uh, in the on the, <laughs> on the on the on the phone, child looks, you know, is like a is an angel from heaven. But up close, yeah, this motherfucker pretty busted up. But that's cool, man. How y'all how y'all really manage the image? Shout outs to you,
1: Danny. As always. Truly a pleasure having you on TDZ. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, read you, all that good stuff?
2: I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. M S D A N I F E R N A N D E Z. And if my tweets resonate with you, awesome, share them. And if they don't, like, keep scrolling. <laughs> let her know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me know. Yes. <laughs> also, yes. So I have. I will be in the Pride issue for DC Comics. I'm writing a sexy. Harley Quinn Poison Ivy story so that will be out in June during pride
3: how do you are are you I mean that's pretty close are you can you are you are you done with it or I
2: cannot share anything okay
3: can can I can you share something with me what is it like because I you know I mean that's you know I'm sure something that you probably wouldn't have pictured yourself doing as a kid do you what was it like when you're at you're like right there at the wheel. What, what was the feeling of like... I loved your... it
2: because they said I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know me. <laughs> you know um, what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Chen, who's my editor, hit me up and I was like, well, I want to do this and this and this. I basically was like, what can I get away with? Yeah. And we were like, let's see. So I'm definitely sure I'll be doing more with them. And uh, I really love, those are my two biggest queer icons in dc history so i'm really honored that i get to write them and i'm excited and i hope everyone likes it
3: well they're in good hands they're in good hands
2: thank you
1: is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying
2: hell yeah y'all this is my favorite tweet (laughs) i don't think i've talked about it on here (laughs) uh i always bring up a different one but this one is about Patrick Wilson. And if you're like, I don't know who Patrick Wilson is, you do. He's the dad in Sinister in The Conjuring series. He's like the horror dad that's in a lot of these franchises. And the tweet is, it's pictures of him. This is from Skoog. It's S-K-O-O-G. And it said, this motherfucker really said, I'm going to be in a million movies, but absolutely refuse to be famous. Um, And it's true. He's in so many movies. Mm. And Patrick Wilson responded and said damn it my plan has been thwarted but that's my favorite my favorite tweet is the one that was like this motherfucker said i'm gonna be in every single movie and not be famous and he he is this is
1: very but like he can't go anywhere without anyone like that that's got to be more annoying because you're the guy yeah and they go you're you're, you're, oh you're um, that
2: guy fuck you're the guy so
1: many people telling you what you're from yeah you (laughs) disagreeing with you yeah that's awesome he's from something else that I Yeah, he's an
2: Aquaman. He's there he's an everything. There it is. Jack, he's an everything. Every he literally fucking is just look. Thing. He's there. He's a he's there.
1: Amazing. Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying?
3: Find me at Miles of Gray on Twitter and Instagram. Also, a new podcast alert. Miles and Jack got mad Boosty NBA podcast. Come tune in for that. Fun NBA podcast, having good times, you know, you know how we do it. So check that podcast out. Also, 420 Day Fiance, as usual, some tweets I like. I just, there are so many things that have aligned on the horror theme for whatever reason. I like three horror sort of based tweets. First one, House of Decline, at House of Decline tweeted, Western horror. It's blood guy. Japanese horror. Have you ever thought about how fucked up triangles are? Uh, <laughs> go deep go deep go deep uh, another one is from michael benjamin at mf benji tweeted actors who are on oh i'm sorry this really doesn't have to do with uh, horror but sort of what the sentiment danny was expressing actors who are on one hit tv show and made enough money to buy a house and now just randomly appear and stuff but not anything that good and on instagram they're always on vacations and having fun career goals <laughs> like, yeah yeah that's about it and at melinda top top tweeted movie idea millennial couple moves into a terminally haunted house but because of the housing shortage they're happy to just vibe with the blood dripping down the walls etc <laughs> because holy shit a house yeah Please.
1: yeah i feel like those
3: there's a lot of those
1: people who were like yeah i was in you know hill street blues for three seasons in the 80s and you know right many episodes of the golden girls and like they're just hanging out in la they always seem so fucking happy like for the most part like they're not they're not the ones that i've met at least right seem like they're just doing great they're like yeah dabbled in real estate for a little bit after that like but you mean becoming a landlord yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly
3: oh yeah i don't work now because of the passive income from collecting rent yeah anyways
1: uh let's keep it going with Horror uh, Rex at Rex Mains tweeted, "I'd survive scream because I don't answer the phone ever." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: What the fuck? Just the the guy in the mask, is like
2: fuck.
0: Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, just, just
3: like, knocking on the window.
1: They kind of. Hey.
2: Ta- I wondered how they would tackle that in the movie, and they did because I was like, "There's no. Y- y'all have to address this, please."
3: Right. 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 Oh, in Scream Five or Six mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, they oh, yeah,
0: do. Scream Five.
3: Right. So is my tweet not valid? (laughs) Sorry. Do you like scary? You have reached the voice mailbox of fuck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amelia Elizalde tweeted, firefighters want you to look at them so bad. (laughs) It's true, man. Those things are loud as fuck. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Hello. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do you think people might enjoy?
3: Man, uh, New Action Bronson, or at least it's Uh-oh. new to me. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it's called Sub-Zero, and uh, I yeah, just love the, the name of it. I, Anna, it's like a foodie. And- daniel and i were just laughing uh, about the time we saw bodega boys live and marrow told the story about how he bought drugs from a guy a drug dealer called sub-zero who wore a sub-zero mask oh um, really <laughs> yeah,
1: and he's like, is the song about um, the uh
3: mortal kombat no, character sub-zero has or, just or been sub-zero has been in the air uh right. so then when i saw this i immediately just thought of this but i'm i'd imagine like you're saying probably more of a refrigerator reference who knows oh, yeah. but anyway it's action bronson and he's back with sub-zero
1: all right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that is going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and yeah. we'll talk to y'all that. Bye. Bye-bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get.
0: 18- plus.